Welcome to All Things Tibet, a podcast hosted by Taylor and Brittany. We'll be coming to you with brand new episodes every Tuesday. If you want to tweet along as you listen, feel free to use the hashtag AllThingsTibetPod. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Well, this is All Things Tibet, episode 12. Wow. We're talking today about season one, episode eight. I don't know how to pronounce the title. Do you know how to pronounce the title? Uh, Lanwi, I believe. I know it's Anwi. I don't know. I can't do the fancy like French thing. So we where need you Kate- say like Le. We need Caitlin here to to do it. So we really do. Which really we should be able to pronounce it but i know what it means i just don't know how to say it it means boredom right well it means like kind of like existential boredom like it's like being kind of like listless from like lack of excitement Mm, okay so i see why that why so bet bet in this episode basically okay so this episode actually it started out very positive for it did and bet and it was a it's a very cute episode for them for the most part until the the end yeah so this episode opens up with uh tina and bet well the first that we see of them is them coming into the planet and much of this episode is focusing on how tina and bet are you know ingrained into this life of being domesticated and their friends are kind of watching from the outside and you know they miss them they miss them being who they were prior to tina being pregnant and that's Mm -hmm. changed so it's clearly hard on them Mm -hmm. so they're going on and on and on about all (laughs) tina's going to pregnancy yeah i think there's a lot of like little cute things in that scene Mm -hmm. And a lot of, there's also a lot of like, this is a pretty funny episode, Mm -hmm. at least from like the, I mean, it's also a very sad episode when you get into some of the stuff that's going on with like Jenny and Marina, which I don't give a fuck about. And then like, like the stuff going on with Kit and her son is also really sad, but like, there are a lot of very comical moments in this. (laughs) A, I think it's cute that Shane asks how Tina's feeling. Mm-hmm. genuine concern about tina and this baby the entire time and then tina and alice when they just look at shane like why would you do that would you, you know they're that? just gonna talk about it for like the next hour and a half now yeah which they then proceed to do which is yeah. great and what's interesting is I found something to kind of back up something that you had said in an earlier episode, which was when we were talking about how all the like holistic stuff was like Bet's idea. One of the last things as the like volumes kind of fading down, I watched with the subtitles on this time. So I caught some stuff that I hadn't before. Bet says something like, well, if she keeps doing her prenatal yoga and I was like, oh my God, it is Bet. It well, was Bet the entire time. And I also thought when I, when I was watching the initial scene when they're in the planet and then when they kind of cut to this, the ceremony that they're having, I thought of when you reference, you referenced a few times how Tina and Bet are from a different universe in season one because yeah. 
season three, when Bet gets into meditation and then she also yeah. goes on that retreat, Tina when Tina's like, what Beth the fuck is up with that? <laughs> yeah, when Bet initially brought it to her, Tina looked at her like she had six eyes. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. she was like so it seemed like she was so not interested and like didn't really care to even ask questions about it. But yet if you look at them in season one, she's so into this holistic spiritual approach. So right. again, there's a contradiction there between them in season one, Tina specifically in season one, and then season three. I now, granted, it's... it could have just been that Tina wasn't interested in anything that was interested in at that time because things were really rough between them. But yeah. I feel like I feel like that's not even the case because if you think about it, Tina, when Tina and Bet were also at their worst in season three and Beth's talking about the political things and how she has to go to DC and stuff. Tina still gets really excited about that. Yeah. Tina's like Barbara Grisham. Sweet. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, strange. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think in reality, it's just probably one of those things where the L word writers were like continuity don't know her. But if I were, you know, say Laurel Holloman, which I, obviously I'm not but if I were Laurel trying to like play that as an actor what I might do in my head is try to rationalize it by saying well I did it and I miscarried oh sure so sure. why would I still subscribe to it if I did all of that and miscarried and then like she's literally drinking wine when she's yep. like super pregnant with Angie and fine. I mean, like almost dies in childbirth, but like has her baby, you know? Yeah. That's not that you actually bring up a very good point with that because it's not uncommon that if somebody say is grieving, say they find out about like a loved one who passed away or something traumatic happened and like a certain song was playing or they were watching a certain television show at the time, they cannot bring themselves to come back to that ever because it's yeah. too heartbreaking for them. Or yeah. I've read a lot of different stories of people who've lost their spouses and together they really enjoyed like a certain band or musician and they can't bring themselves to listen to that music because it's just too painful. Yeah. So that very well could be why she was just kind of like indifferent about it. Yeah. Because she didn't want to like open up that wound again. Yeah. I mean, again, do I think that that was how the writers intended it? No. We're giving them a little too much credit, but. <laughs> yeah. Do I think that like maybe in some attempt to make it make sense to herself, the thought perhaps crossed Laurel's mind? Maybe. Sure. Sure. You know, and I think this episode, for me, I've come back and watched this episode a few times with them because they do have a lot of really sweet moments. And mm -hmm. for me, it really, again, drives home how much Jennifer and Laurel committed to these characters and really sold us on the fact that they have been a long-term couple because they say so much in their nonverbal communication. You know, there's a lot of things I missed when I first watched it. And even the first couple times that folks brought up later, the mo like the moments when they're holding hands after the ceremony, when they're holding hands back to the car, when Tina's rubbing Beth's back, when they arrive at the yacht, like 
just different things like that. They're really sweet. And I think it's, it's so much of why Tibet fans are, why we're so like captivated by them and their chemistry. Yeah, I agree. And this episode in particular is like, there's so many, this is an episode of details for me. Yes. Because there's so many, like, whether it's those things that you mentioned, or even just like, I love that little flower in Tina's hair when they're like at the ceremony, just little things, whether it's one of them or both of them together that I don't know, someone, someone was on their shit this episode with just tiny, Jen and Laurel were on their shit this episode with tiny little details. Oh, yeah. And like one props person that was like, Laurel, (laughs) put this in your hair. (laughs) Like... And one of the things I noted is, so they have this ceremony and they indicate that they're not going to go to this yacht party that Shane is holding. And then immediately after Alice, Dana and Shane bring them in to have like this intervention because they're, you know, a boring domesticated couple. And what's interesting about that is that they, again, season one is just so odd because when Shane was raising her brother, no one ever said that she was boring, that she changed, that she was too suburb, like she was turning into like too much of a suburban mother for them. Like, you know what I mean? Hmm. So <laughs> hmm. again, it's just like, uh, it's so odd. Yeah. And when, and when Angie's a baby, they don't make comments like that to you. Yeah, they're not like, Bet and Tina, why are you taking care of your kid? Like- yeah, it's just... And it might have been to just show that like they were growing up, like, you know, essentially yeah. they were all, they're, they're all young in the beginning of season one, especially yeah. Alistina and Shane. But it's, again, it's just like things that did not hold true later on for similar scenarios. Yeah. I mean, I do think it is kind of that real thing that, I mean, you know, I mean, I know I'm going through it right now where it's like in sort of that weird late 20s 30s phase where like some people are like getting married and starting to have families and some people are still in their like woohoo I'm single life and like some people never did that in the first place and it's just like you're kind of all over the place and you if you want to stay friends with these people you kind of have to recalibrate and be like okay what you know how do I hang out with these people if they now do have children you know and sometimes it is hard to do and sometimes you know you're close enough you make it work but like Mm -hmm. it is it is kind of a weird a weird transition that I think a lot of people have to navigate and that I don't think a lot of people navigate successfully yeah absolutely it's a very strange you know I'm 31 so it's a it's been a very strange reality for me seeing all these people that I've grown up with through my life you know become mothers and I'm so happy for them that they are but it's just the most bizarre thing like one minute we were all young and doing things that young adults do and the next minute like they are they have kids and I wouldn't say like I, I feel like you kind of learn as you navigate through your 20s and now even me navigating through my 30s like your relationship doesn't have to change that much. Your ability to see them might change more because yeah. they have obligations to the children. But, you know, I have found that like when you have those solid friendships, they're not going to be impacted because 
they, because we have both managed to kind of go through the motions of life changing together. Right. What's that John Mulaney joke where it's like, when you're younger, it's like, oh my God, we see each other every day and we spend all all our time together. And then you get to your adulthood and you're like, how about we just don't see each other for six months and it doesn't matter at all. Well, and the world has just changed so much. I mean, the way friendship is, is just so much different. I mean, look at this fandom, like we all have very close friendships in this fandom and we, there's a possibility some of us may never meet in person. Right. Ever. Yeah. So we've had to like create new unique ways to maintain friendships. It's a, it's an interesting time because I think we, I think the reason why when we're younger, especially when we were younger is because we had to rely on seeing each other because there was nothing, what were you going to do besides that? See, like talk on the phone. Yeah. I mean, you had what, like, Oh God, I hate that I'm about to say this because even the fact that these words are about to come out of my mouth makes me sound old, but I'm about to date myself. But like, what did we have when we were younger? Like fucking AIM and like that freaking Windows Messenger shit. Hey, don't knock, don't knock AOL Instant Messenger because- I loved AIM. I'm not knocking it. That is where Cameron and I fell in love, okay? He always used to joke that like he knew- when I was mad at him because I would like change my profile. Like I would like take out the date that we started dating. Cause you know, that's what you did back then. Yeah. You yeah. Had the date that you started dating, like your significant other. Put like angry song lyrics. Like, yeah. My away message was like a taking back Sunday song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Molly's entire generation is like, what the fuck are they talking about? Right I mean, now? it was a cool, unique time and you had to really be like a like a 90s early 2000s kid to like have been in that era where aim was huge yeah yeah and you had to be like what 10 to like 18 18. yeah yeah i think i had my first account when i was like end of sixth grade um, yeah going into seventh grade yeah and it was like a big deal because I was switching schools. So I had like, it was like the way I could like stay in touch with my friends. Yeah. You know, instead of having to call their landline at home, talk to them, you know, (laughs) heaven forbid somebody was like on the internet, you get a busy signal. So different times, man. Different times. Oh, because it was dial. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yep. Okay. So coming back to out of the time machine <laughs> yeah I oh love- oh since one couple of really quick things just while we're talking about details something that i have no idea if they did on purpose but that i just thought was kind of hilarious was that tina and bet's yoga mats are lesbian and bisexual color-coded nice, nice. loved that for them Never thought I would hear the words, I'm sure it will be completely tit come out of Bette Porter's mouth, but A plus. Even though she was just saying it back to Shane, because Shane is- Yes, but this is the thing I will say is that I have said this multiple times, and we will talk about this again and again, especially when we get to season four, but Jennifer and Laurel are both so fucking funny and their comedic reactions are so on point in this oh, yeah. episode. And like, that's brief 
brief Taylor acting tangent here, but like that was what I was taught in acting school is actually what makes comedy funny. Mm -hmm. It's not the joke. It's the person reacting to the joke. It's not Joey being an idiot. It's Chandler reacting to Joey and being like, oh my God, you're so stupid. Oh yeah. One of the funniest moments that I can remember from friends, just because you're bringing this up, is when uh, Joey does something stupid. I can't remember what he did. And then Chandler's response to that was, you, ha- you have to stop the Q-tip when there's resistance. <laughs> yeah, yes. That is like one of the yes. best lines in Friends. Yes, yes. I love it. And like, I feel like Jennifer and Laurel have some of that going on. Yeah. That like Alice and Dana and Shane are as like, Leash and Kate often describe them. They're like the Greek chorus. Yeah. And like, they are full on, like, I won't say I'm in love chaotic energy in this episode. Yeah. And Bet and Tina are just full on Chandler being, what the fuck are you talking about face? And it's, it's great. And I think they should get more props for their comedic acting. I mean, Leisha is by far, she's a hilarious actor. She cracked. Yes, she only gets funnier every season. She's hysterical in Gen Q, and I love the parallel actually, or the contrast, whatever you want to call it. We see Alice like leading the the march on trying to get Bet and Tina to understand that like they're this boring couple, right? Yeah. But then when Gen Q season one started. Alice is going on this whole tangent about how she's parenting. I'm parenting Shane. (laughs) She's cleaning out her purse and has God knows what in there because Nat's kids are younger and yeah. um, And she and Ben are talking about fucking Lincoln logs and Legos. Yeah. Yeah. And she's trying to navigate it. What happened to my friends? Like, yeah. I mean, it's, it is funny because I, I would have, I don't think I would have guessed that Alice would have been in a relationship where she would have had children coming yeah. to Gen Q. I thought it would have been more likely that Shane did. I agree. Yeah, I would have seen Shane because she is good with kids. And I also yeah. love the throwback. You see here when Beth's taking the shot, the second shot, yes. she throws it yes. over her back and she does the same thing at Shane's birthday party in Gen Q. So there yeah. are little moments in Gen Q yeah. that you know, do pay tribute to the original series. Yes. Again, one more little detail thing since you brought it up. Thing I love about the shot moment in this one that I I don't think I had ever noticed before, Bet does throw the second shot, but she licks Tina's shoulder anyway. I know. I love that. I love that. I think it's great. You know what, Bet? Good for you. Yeah. I mean, it was just very like, when they run off of the boat, they sneak off of the boat and go home. This, so they're home, and that's when this episode starts to shift because Tina is admiring Bet and she's telling her, I think you're the most exciting woman in all of Los Angeles. And then Bet makes that face. And I wish she wouldn't have made that stupid fucking. Yes, but we're not there yet. We haven't yeah, even talked there. about the. No, we're not. We haven't even talked about the intervention yet. What do you want to say about the intervention? We already mentioned it. Do you have specific notes that you want to go over for the intervention? <laughs> I don't know. I guess not. My note on that was that no one, that is what I already said, how no one told Shane she was boring when she was raising her brother. Oh, oh, oh. You know what I did want to say about that? I'm actually really glad I looked at my notes because this was kind of an important point. You know what this entire intervention made me think of was... 
that point you made a few weeks ago where you were like, why did these friends fixate on the most pointless, insignificant things? Because like, don't get me wrong. Like I get that like Bet and Tina were being annoying. I understand mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But to stage a full on intervention, right. why would you do it for this? And sure. not for Sorry. say like, hey, uh, everything going okay with you guys? You know, yeah. hey, been picking um, up on uh, some tension lately. Like, yeah. hey, bet you dumbass. Why did you <laughs> cheat on Tina and then continue your affair until you were ready? Yeah. Why was there no intervention then? Why is everybody like, oh, I don't want to be involved. Yeah. Oh, you guys are going through some real shit. So let us back it yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. Like when Bet shows up at the planet and literally everybody is just like, let me get up from the table and leave. Like, yeah, they wanted nothing to do with it. And Tina's like, no, you guys fucking stay. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I thought that was, it was just back to that point that you made of why, why are they like, oh no, they won't shut up about the fact that they're having a baby, which is an exciting a fairly thing. significant life change. Yeah. Especially for Tina, because I mean, like, don't get me wrong, I get that a lot of it is gross, but like, A, you're all grown women, fucking deal with it. B, sometimes when your body is going through shit, you need to complain to your girlfriends about it. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, speaking as somebody who has a lot of friends who deal with chronic illness, it comes up a lot. It's a part of who you are. It's a part of what you deal with. And not that pregnancy is that, but you know, well, it's a period in time when you are, your body is changing and you're going through a lot of things that for many women are just not normal. Like they would have never experienced these type of symptoms had they not been pregnant. Right. So, I mean, it's sort of, I mean, if you think about it, it sort of is like a 40 week chronic illness. It's just a short term chronic illness. Right. Right. No, it's true. So is there anything else that you want to go over about the intervention or Uh, boat scene? Let me double check. Hold on. I don't think so. Oh, this is again, just a little tiny detail, but I never noticed before. Again, this, I only noticed because I had the subtitles on that Mm -hmm. bet actually drops the fact that it's a boy at the end of that scene. Yeah. I I had never caught that before. I don't know what I thought she said besides the word not you know I I I I don't know that I realized that is when we knew it was a boy per se but I think it was actually because I had read a couple fanfics where they referenced that they were going to have a son yeah doesn't yeah Tina mentions it in group therapy later on she says yeah boy so yeah that I guess that would have technically been but for some reason it sticks out in my mind that I've read a couple fanfics where they mention that yeah but I did like I didn't realize like when you know that's like you're not bored by your mommies are you and then she turns to Tina and she goes he's not yeah so maybe I'm just dumb but I had not noticed that before yeah oh I also just love that they go to the boat party purely out of spite oh yeah I just think that's kind of hilarious that they're like oh yeah you want to call us boring yeah we're gonna go to this party and we'll get there first like and leave early. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a that's a bet porter move for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And then the only other thing that the only other apparently I just picked up on every little detail of this episode. That was my hyper focus, I guess. 
before we get to that look of bets that absolutely tears my heart out is that um there's a picture that i don't think i've ever seen before and i don't think i've ever seen like an enhanced version of because like you know how like we've seen the enhanced versions of like most of the pictures that bet and tina have in their bedroom right sure the one that's like when you like first walk into their bedroom that's on their like dresser or whatever the fuck There's like this picture of them that I don't think I've ever seen a version of. So if anyone has it and wants to send it to me, it would be great. Cause it, it like, it almost looks like, you know, that really creepy selfie that Candace took of her in bed yeah. where they're like laying in bed and Beth passed out. It kind of looks like that, but Beth's like actually awake and smiling and happy. She and Tina are just kind of like laying in bed and they kind of have their heads together and they're both kind of smiling and it looks really soft and cute from like the vague blurry image that I can see. I, th- I think it's, I think I know it's not the one where I've seen this picture. Is it not the one that Bet puts on the bedside of Melvin in season two? I don't think so. I thought it was them, but maybe it is. Melvin. No, I'm saying that it's Bet and Tina. Bet puts that picture on Melvin's bedside. Oh, does she? Melvin I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to go. I'll have I, to go look. I'm pretty sure it's that picture, and I I would be surprised if you saw that photo if you hadn't seen it before. I'll go look. I'll go up. Things surprise me every day. So. There was just a lot of white in that picture that I like did not remember there being in any like early season Bettentina picture, but sure. Brittany's furiously Googling now because she's like, no, I refuse I to believe exactly there's what a picture it is and Bettentina picture that I haven't seen. And it's it's not one that you're gonna like easily come across either. So but I have seen it. Anyway. Well, we can do this after. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, now, well, let's talk about the sad thing. Yeah. So that is clearly like contemplating things. And one of the things I guess I did not realize or remember, maybe didn't pay close attention to is like she has that look with Tina when mm-hmm. Tina says that to her. And you can see that like she's like kind of panicking in her head. But mm-hmm. then even later on, when Kit is giving her really positive encouragement and feedback about her relationship with tina and her marriage with tina yeah that kind of like shrugs it off and like doesn't want to talk about it you can tell she's feeling very uneasy and she says like i have some things on my mind Bet literally as soon as kit says like that's a love you never want to let go Bet literally goes i need to go to the bathroom and yeah. books it out of the bar yeah yeah she is clearly having some some something going on. And it's interesting because I actually, I, when I Googled the word ennui, there was this, you know, people also ask, does ennui mean boredom? boredom? And a more specific definition that the, dic- that the dictionary gave is that it says, it's a somewhat specific sort of boredom that generally refers to the feeling of jadedness that can result from living a life of too much ease. Well, there you go. Pet Porter's having some ennui issues. She is, and I just... I wonder if, because of her, you know, all the shit with her mom and her abandonment issues and all of that, 
I wonder if she's waiting for it to be taken away from her. Sure. It's possible. I don't know. I don't I don't know what it like I don't know. You're you're the psych person. What do you think is going on? Well, I mean, I think Bet recognizes the very thing about herself and says it out loud in season five that she is very self-destructive. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, it makes sense that she is because if she's self-destructive, she's at least controlling the chaos right. and the absolute downfall of her life. So right. in a twisted way, she's still in control, even if it's a mess. Right. And at least then she like made the other person leave instead of being left. Yeah. It doesn't, I don't know. I just, I know that the affair was a turning point for Tina and Bet, And I know that there's some things maybe we wouldn't have seen if the affair hadn't happened, but just the affair makes me so sad for them. Yeah. Me so too. And I just like, it's one of those things that I, I feel like literally all Bet had to do was open her mouth. Yeah. And, and like, I feel like that moment when they were sitting on the bed would have been like such a good moment. Like if when Tina had said to me, you're the most exciting woman in all of Los Angeles, if Bet was like, I don't know if I'm feeling that way right now and I'm kind of overwhelmed and right. I don't really know what's going on the door was wide open and Tina wouldn't have been like, why didn't you take my compliment bet? Fuck you. Like she would have been like, okay, let's talk about it. And that's not to put it all on bet because a, I know that that's really hard for her, especially in season one. And you know, B it's hard to know in the moment, Oh, I'm feeling this way. So let me like put it into words and talk about it. But like, there's just so many missed opportunities for her to express what's going on in her head and especially because we're heading into group therapy i just feel like the door is open so many times and she keeps just slamming it shut again mm-hmm. yeah and you know one of the things too that just kind of came to me about this whole you know tina and bet being boring and such it's interesting because alice and dana and shane kind of you know ingrained in their head Alice really is more of like the front runner on that and Shane and Dana kind of go along with it and you know make them feel a certain type of way about who they are and I think in some ways that got to bet more than she yes. on because oh my God, that's yes. when she really started to like you know have has these things on her mind but what's interesting yeah. is that there's this there's this truth behind each of these characters that is not being revealed because Shane goes on later to say, you know, what's more boring, basically having a night like this where we're all laying sick the next morning on this boat, like we've all like drank ourselves into sickness or you get to go home and go to sleep with the same person you've been in love with for seven years. Yeah. So while I feel like I don't think that so much of what Bet was thinking about was because of them, but I think it's kind of what turned the light bulb on for her. Like, oh, I am oh, yeah. up so much if I have a child. Yes. It's almost that like stereotypically guy thing. Like Kit yeah. calls it the daddy blues, yeah. right? That thing of like, I mean, it's almost like sometimes, you know, people go through it when they get married that it's like, oh, I'm like starting life now and I'm leaving this supposedly wilder freer like part of my life behind but then like when you have a kid then it gets like really real yeah you know and I think 
is maybe, especially because it seems like Bet and Tina not only got together so fast, but got so serious so fast that maybe she hadn't like realized how domestic she had gotten mm-hmm. until they said that. Yeah. And then she kind of had to reckon with the fact that she is having this domestic life now and she isn't sort of the cool edgy art dealer in her early 30s who you know jumps from woman to woman and kind of just does whatever she wants and she kind of has a different life now and she's not sure how she feels about it so yeah Yeah. so we know that we're heading into uh, some pretty sad 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 era of time and I uh can't say I'm super jazzed about it uh yeah but thus yeah here if, we are if episodes start to take a while just know that Brittany and I are working through some Tibet depression <laughs> like seriously but the good news is that we found out since we last recorded is that it's confirmed that season two of Gen Q is going to be happening June July or August of this year so that is it is an ama- it's amazing news and it's unexpected um, yes. We'll talk more about this in less than a week. Friday. Yep. Yeah. We have a uh, part two of Elcon coming up, a collaboration that we have done once before that we will do again with Ash Silver, Bet and Tina House Stir Fry, and the L Word online. So join us for that. Details are posted on our social media pages. Yes, they're on our social media pages. And if you have any questions or anything you'd like us to specifically address at Elcon, shoot us a DM on Twitter or like add us on Twitter or something and just be like, this is for Alcon and we'll try to bring it up. Yeah. You there. also can join, if you join us live, you can also ask questions at that. Ask it then. Chat. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it should be a lot of fun. We will talk about Tibet related things, but we will also just talk about L word Gen Q related things as well. So, you know, speaking more about like the new cast and, you know, it's the crew has done, a phenomenal job of sharing a lot of most of what we know about Gen Q season two at this yeah. point because to their own detriment. Yeah. So there are definitely some questions that we have about things that are up and coming, coming most recently being a picture that we saw when they're in a courtroom courtroom. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that there are going to be some surprises that none of us are expecting. Yeah. There's clearly some legal drama going on this yeah. season between the police cars and the like FBI or whatever is going yeah. and then the courtroom. Yeah. Yeah. But what we know, what we know for fact coming into season two about Tibet at least is they are, they are still separated. They're still divorced. Tina is engaged to Carrie who's played by Rosie O'Donnell who has Rosie O'Donnell has actually done some interviews where she talks about, you know, Carrie trying to acclimate into this world with Bet, Bet and Tina's friends. And we will be seeing uh, one who we assume is Angie's biological sister uh, based on the cast list, um, at least shares Marcus's last name, which I can't think of right now. What is it? Allenwood. Yes. Yes. Kayla Allenwood is Kayla the character's Allenwood. name. Yep. And we know that we are going to get Laurel for a substantial amount of episodes, which is amazing. Yep. I'm guessing at least half of the season at this point, she has been filming a lot. Um, Yeah. So yeah, that's all really exciting stuff. Yeah. And they should be wrapping any day now. 
I think the 20th. And we will stand by for a trailer. (laughs) Yeah. Any day showtime. Literally any day. I was talking this morning on a Zoom call with Zoe and Michelle, who are in Australia. They were talking about, I can't remember if you were on for that part of Taylor, when they were talking about. It was, where they were talking about how everything drops and they wake up the next day. Yeah. 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 So we see it in live time being in the United States and then they see it, they wake up the next morning and see that all this stuff has gone down and they have to like join the party after the fact. So yeah, I feel like, which honestly, I feel like is just a giant mood for Australia in general. Like, I feel like that's also just like, like, I feel like a war could happen and Australia would just wake up the next day and be like, guys, what happened? Are you okay? Like, (laughs) I know. We love you, Australian friends. Yeah. So this has been episode 12 of All Things Tibet. I'm Brittany. I'm Taylor. And we'll see you next time. This has been an episode of All Things Tibet podcast hosted by Taylor and Brittany. At this time, we do not have any sponsorships, but if you're interested in sponsoring us, please send us an email at allthingstibet at gmail.com. We can be found on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook under All Things Tibet Podcast. And you can check out our main podcast profile at anchor.fm slash allthingstibet. We post new episodes every Tuesday, and we send all of our love to the Tibet fandom for their support during this time as we get this brand new podcast off the ground. We will see you next week.